0: With little time remaining before Christmas, we are left wondering how we become part of the arrival of God's promised transformation in our lives and relationships. Isaiah describes this transformation as the dissolution of prejudice in favor of communion. S.D. Gardner Cantor delivered this sermon on Sunday, December 9, 2007, the second Sunday of Advent.
1: Well, all of our readings of today speak of watching, of waiting. They are, in a way, strange Advent readings, but I can still see why they were chosen. Isaiah describes in heartbreakingly beautiful prose the coming of the Messiah. He speaks of one who will come not judging with his eyes and his ears, those faulty human organs, but with the eyes and ears of God, with righteousness. And he will come from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was King David's father. And when he comes, what a transformation there will be. The text reads that the wolf, not the lion, by the way, will lie down with the lamb. The leopard and the lion and the adder will not hurt or destroy in all that holy kingdom. Just as Jeremiah said... The law of God will be written in our hearts so that the earth and presumably all the creature of the earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. This is not the kingdom of earth that's being described, not the one that we are normally associated with. In the kingdom of earth, as Woody Allen has said, the lion may lie down with the lamb, but the lamb is not going to get a good night's sleep. (coughs) This is a paradise of peace that is described, a realm of trust and love between all beings. John the Baptist also predicts the coming of the Messiah, and he warns there's not much time left to repent. He shouts out like any street prophet, Repent! The end is near! The kingdom of heaven is at hand. While the Pharisees and the Sadducees have the nerve to show up, and assume that their status and their lineage will get them into the kingdom of heaven. But John explains that means nothing to him, and it will mean nothing to God. The dark side of the day of judgment is described. Unless you bear fruits of repentance, of transformation, you may be thrown in with the chaff. In this Greek text, the word metanoia, I feel, is badly translated as repentance. Repentance simply from the Greek for turn around. But I think metanoia could more be described and translated as a true transformation. So what is our part in this? Is there any way that we can speed up or somehow facilitate the coming of the kingdom of heaven? The tenses are different in the different Gospels about when this kingdom of heaven is going to happen, but it is several times predicted, including uh, in the Gospel of John, that the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is now. Well, I recently heard a beautiful story of the present manifestation of the kingdom of heaven. The story was told by the Buddhist teacher, Jack Cornfield, who was born Jewish, became Buddhist, and the protagonist of his story was a Muslim, the Palestinian poet Naomi Shihab Nye. Well, the poet was taking a flight from Phoenix to Houston and she suddenly heard a frantic plea over the loudspeakers. Can anyone speak Arabic? Well, as she said, one hesitates these days, but her better nature took over and she did come forward. The flight attendant ushered her to a woman in her 60s, dressed in full Muslim dress, who had collapsed into the heap on a floor and was crying hysterically. The attendant explained, I announced the flight had been delayed four hours and this happened. So the poet gently knelt down next to her and described in a language that the woman could understand exactly what had happened. It turned out that the woman was scheduled to go to Houston for a medical procedure, and she was terrified that she would miss the procedure because she had misinterpreted the words to mean that the flight was canceled altogether. So the woman talked her down a little bit, asked her who was meeting her at the airport, and the woman said her son was going to meet her. So the poet got the number of the son, called him up, and they had a nice chat. Well, after all, they had four hours to kill, So the woman called the other, the poet called the other woman's four sons, and they had another nice chat. And then, just for fun, she called all the Palestinian poets she knew and introduced them to the woman, and they had a wonderful time. Now, the woman was much calmed down by this time. She had brought many things in her carry on luggage, including a small plant, which was a classic folk medicinal remedy, and a huge supply of incredibly good small powdered sugar cookies. And she began to pass these out to all the people in the waiting room, primarily Texans. Well, all exclaimed that these were the best cookies they'd ever tasted in their lives. And not one person refused the cookies or seemed the least bit suspicious. They were accepting these cookies from a woman in full purdah, and not one shred of mistrust was shown. This is the kind of world I want to live in, said the poet, where we all share in one sacrament, We are all covered in the same powdered sugar, where the grandmotherly goodness of one old woman can be savored even as she wears her scarf and long dress, communicating through the universal language of cookies. Well, it seems to me these cookies were fruits worthy of repentance, offered by a woman some would associate with terrorists and accepted by people some would associate with bigots. But the lion lay down with the lamb, In my imagining of the story, after a little while, maybe three hours, they began to nap. And the rich Republican Houston oil executive lay down by the Muslim woman in full purdah. And no one was hurt or destroyed in all that holy waiting area. Perhaps this is the kind of metanoia spoken of by John the Baptist. The dissolving of prejudice in favor of communion. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight, and share thy sugar cookies without prejudice. The indiscriminate acceptance of those fruits of metanoia, this instant communion, and the age-old prejudices laid down herald for me the coming of the kingdom as clearly as a lion-eating straw, as any child-friendly adder, or any exclaiming angel. Stories like this show me the possibility of grace, even paradise, in the here and now. And here, in our second Sunday in Advent, we remember that the kingdom is at hand, and that a child will lead us. Amen. Amen.